0: And welcome to writing about dragons and shit a podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories <laughs> <laughs> i'm one of your hosts trevor bennis your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as difficulty class and champions of lore and with me each week are two amazing people who are
1: Marin M. evans i'm a fantasy writer best known for the brimstone angels saga and the forthcoming empire of exiles
2: yeah b dave walter's reanimated corpse
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> trevor bettis <laughs> Cracking open a cutwater.
2: Brought hey. <laughs> to you in part by Cutwater.
1: Also, B Dave is hosting Was it, DD Direct? DD yeah. Direct, yeah. Pending when you're exciting. hearing
2: this. Yeah, pending when you're hearing this, it might have already happened. Because nope. it's <laughs> Thursday the twenty-first. Yeah, so there you go. Nine AM, Thursday the twenty-first. You're gonna hear all the things. All the
0: things. Mm-hmm. All the secrets. Mm-hmm. But we got no secrets here, we're, we're just talking about writing. <laughs> True, we use our knowledge, I beg you, like
2: proper Sith Lords.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, tonight's topic is, uh, I say tonight like you're listening to this design. Maybe you are, I don't know. You don't know. Uh, yeah. mean, first, we're not the boss of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make a cocktail,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe don't
2: have a Cutwater at work pending a job, <laughs> then do.
0: Unless you work at cut water, water at work. In which yeah. case, please talk to the higher ups for us. True. Um,
1: <laughs> I love that I don't know if this is like a serious, a serious request or a gag. It's straddling a line and it's, I don't uh, want to be, is yes. I don't want right?
0: to, It's whatever the listener uh, that works at Cutwater <laughs> wants to make of it. You know, it's their call. Here's the thing.
2: We can't give it all away for free. That's true. We're That's giving true. away a lot for free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Topic tonight is subplots um because i i think that's one uh especially well i mean i i, I don't, i'm not gonna say for all uh writers starting off i know at least for me i was just like subplot right that is a plot that is sub to the to the rest wait hang on this, isn't we, this is this no we're not starting with this we're starting with
2: the other thing that we oh. don't have anything to say about
0: okay <laughs> okay it was a topic that i put out there that apparently didn't have much to talk about so we'll uh we'll we'll postpone the subplots for a little bit but first free writing so how do do you all feel about free writing
1: so Uh, i like doing this is there's two times i like doing this so free writing what i think is free writing is where you just sit down and you just start writing right and just go um, I think this is good at the beginning of a writing session to sort of just like get all your thoughts out. Um, I will use it to sort of like write about what I'm planning to write about. I will use it to get all my feelings out. If I'm like, this is terrible and I hate this book and it's never going to work. I'll put that down. I will give myself a little pep talk, especially if I had to say the mean things first. <laughs> um, sometimes just sit down and I write for a whole page, like handwriting Um, for all whole page. Um, And I find that is a good way to sort of jumpstart it when maybe I'm not feeling it otherwise. Um, And the other time is kind of similarly when I have a scene and I'm like, oh, this isn't working. I don't know why it's clear on the outline. This is, I'm not feeling this. I will try a free writing version where I kind of do the thing I mentioned before and I just start writing it badly. You know, I make people talk out of character. I make crack jokes in the middle, like stuff I'm not going to keep at Mm -hmm. some point, just like whatever pops in my head at some point, I will find the thread of it. And I think that's what it's useful for is you don't have a plan. You don't have a preconceived notion. So if you, you, you find that like the plan you have, isn't working, doing this for a little bit is a great way to kind of like trip onto the path.
2: I like that. The question that was put to me is, uh, what was it? When, what, 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 I, why, how did you
0: phrase I, it? I said is why you should free write.
2: Why you should free write was what was put to me. And my answer was don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, why so, is that? Uh, see what I would, I would submit Aaron of the thousand Evans. What you mm-hmm. just described was not free writing. Cause you said it's when something in the outline that's not making sense, but if you have an outline, you're not free writing.
1: I'm going off that
2: line at that point. I would, I would submit free writing is when you just sit down and put pen to paper and see what happens, and that's a recipe for chaos. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I just, I'm, I'm against pantsing hundred percent of the time. Well, I say I'm against pantsing hundred percent of the time, except I would rather you pants than write nothing. Fair. Because in the process of writing, you're going to find out why you shouldn't have fucking pantsed. (laughs) Listen, you don't need to call me out like that. (laughs) What are you
1: gonna do if we have pants guests who pants on here? Say
2: to their faces, what's wrong with them? (laughs) You know what I think about pants, how I feel about pantsers? I feel the exact same way about pantsers that I feel about vegan bodybuilders. (laughs) (laughs) When they're like, look at what great shape I'm in. And I'd be like, yeah, but you'd be in better shape if you weren't a fucking vegan Mm -hmm. bodybuilder. (laughs) Like with a little planning and a little structure, you would just be that much better. Like there's no way around this. (laughs) I will die on this particular hill, you know? Um, Yeah, I I will say, um, I think, but here in the spirit of cooperation and not just being obstinate, not just being (laughs) obstinate.
1: (laughs) The Just is doing a lot of work. <laughs> it's a, a, a load
2: bearing Just.
1: It's a load bearing
2: Just. Maybe that's the name of the episode, a load-bearing, load-bearing Just.
1: That?
2: Uh, I would say, you know, there's times I very rarely experience writer's block, but I definitely hit a patch in life when just life was hard and like there was just nothing. Like my imagination was just inky blackness, you know? Like, I know how Arthas Manethel, when he died <laughs> in Wrath of the Lich King, I see nothing but <laughs> darkness before me. So just sitting down and being like, there once was a man from Nantucket who wasn't from Nantucket, he'd forged his identity because he'd killed everyone in the town, you know, it just
3: let him come out of you
2: <laughs> is, again, it's better than doing nothing. So I would say when your options are free right or do literally nothing, free right. Yeah. Otherwise, spend that time doing something that is actually going to, uh, get you somewhere.
0: I, I see what you're saying there. I, I personally really do like free writing, um, especially at the, at the beginning of, of, you know, doing writing and whatnot, um, mainly just to, like you're saying, just to write, like, if you don't have a book project, if you don't have, uh, an outline, if you don't know what kind of book you're writing yet, sure, just start doing some free writing, like just see what happens with it the times that i still use it though are the times that i've talked about before where it's uh where i like i get hyper focused on a genre that i'm not currently writing like i'm writing urban fantasy i see some space opera thing and i'm just like i'm all i'm thinking about is spaceships and lasers and all of that stuff and i will free write something that is that just to get it out just to do something with that and then go okay cool i did that i'm fine now i can go do the, the urban fantasy thing. Um, but I, I, I still, I do think free writing is, is a good thing. Uh, but you know, like BDF saying, still, still do the thing, <laughs> but that, oh, oh, I keep muting
2: because of my runny nose, which I apologize for, which is what's going to sneak in. Future Trevor appreciates you. Exactly. Let me, uh, let me, let, let me tell you in, in more detail why, uh, I'm against this. <laughs> it's just inefficient you Mm -hmm. know it's 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 just inefficient you know that 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 it's a recipe when when if if you're looking at it like it is solely reps it is solely reps to say I spent 15 minutes writing or an hour writing or whatever okay there's still far better uses for that time and effort But if it's that or nothing, or as a warm up, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, Or as an exercise, because we've talked about in the past, one of the things to do, especially when you're first getting started, is look at things that you like and ask yourself what you liked about it. Look at things you didn't like and ask yourself what you didn't like about it. Take a scene that you truly love and ask yourself, how could you make it better? Uh, Take a scene that you truly hated and ask yourself, how could you make it better? because, but then you're moving in the realm of exercises. Uh, because again, just like actual exercise, if you just walk into the gym and you're like, "That thing looks heavy," and I'm going to move it a couple of times, that's not actually progress. But uh, <laughs> when, when you have
0: something that it is directed towards, uh, then it is. So there you go. I I, I guess I, I do think that like I I I think I'm thinking of free writing in the terms of like an exercise, like it, it like the the whole thing of like. You know, it's people that's like, what, wh- how can I, what do I do to best be a writer? Write. Like that's, when I say that, that's what I mean. It's like, do free writing if the, you haven't done this before. Write something, just write. <laughs> and so I, right. I, that, that, I, that's where I more come into the free writing thing of it. Yep. Yep. Again, better than nothing. It's true. <laughs> Any last thoughts on that before we go to subplots?
1: Well, I think it ties into subplots a little bit. Cause I think the second thing I mentioned when, if you're, when it's getting, when it's getting a little tangled, um, when you're, you're something's kind of gone off. Um, for me, that's usually because, uh, I don't, I don't write a real simple book. I write multiple point of view. I write, uh, I write braided plots. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a point where it's like, ah, something is off here and what I planned is not correct. So what is correct? Um, and finding a way to step back enough to sort of find that, uh, can be useful, mm-hmm. uh, but then it comes into a question of how many subplots do you need, etc.
0: Mm-hmm. It's fair. Well, okay. So, so why why don't we back up a moment? Yeah. What is a subplot? the
1: store piece of the story that's not the main <laughs> plot, but supports the main plot in some fashion.
0: You're you're like
2: it's the part of the story that is sub story. <laughs>
1: the sub story. Like- yeah. It's not the dom story. It's the sub story. I
2: mean, I
1: said it first. You did full
2: credit. Full credit. God dang it. Again, it was happening. As, I, it was as, happening. as I've said multiple times, I dominate. I do not sub. So, um, <laughs> I uh, I think I would define a subplot if it didn't happen. The story doesn't lose anything. Hmm. Uh, I think it's supporting. Like if. Leia and Han didn't have a romance, Star Wars would still be Star Wars. It'd be lesser for it, but it'd still be Star Wars. If Luke did not use the force to blow up the Death Star, it's no longer Star Wars. Hmm. Um, Yeah, that's how I define it.
1: I think a lot of what you use subplot for is to sort of deepen character to reflect uh, off your themes um, and, and support your main plot in some way. Um, and, and you're right. Like the main plot is the thing that's going in the pitch, right? Um, you don't talk about star Wars and say it's a romance between a princess and a scrappy looking nerf herder. Uh, but it yep. is true that without that, it feels like, like that feels like a special important part of star Wars. Yeah. Um, so it, it is there for a reason. It deepens the experience of the story.
2: I mean, uh, I guess the 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 timeless answer that every word or every sentence has to reveal character, advance the action or reveal theme. Um, You take something like Game of Thrones, of which only three books exist and will never finish. (laughs) You know, you could argue the whole damn story subplots, you know. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) But, you know, it, it, I think it adds depth and richness and nuance to a world. It also is I mean, at the risk of sending like I'm cheating, it is a way to increase the length of a work without adding a lot of fluff. Mm, yeah. um, because, you know, to continue the, the, the Luke Starkiller analogy, um, it's a fairly straight line to go blow up the Death Star, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you gotta add some zigzags in there um, without feeling like you're just adding a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. yeah I think the most common subplot is always the romance subplot um which you have to be wary of otherwise it feels very bolted on and forced almost yeah. like you know you fall in love with your twin sister womp womp
1: <laughs> um romance I mean this is I feel like we had a lot of this conversation with Rihanna but romance and fantasy in particular I, mean, I think it's gotten a lot better but I remember when I was a kid it was like like the romance happened because the hero was proximate to a woman
0: yeah who asked
1: who did the asking questions so that he could answer the questions. And sometimes she pulled her braid and stomped off in a fit. That was how you knew she had personality. Mm
3: -hmm. Anyway,
1: that's a different topic. Um, Yeah. I think the sort of the longer the work, the more you kind of need subplots to support Mm -hmm. it because one very long plot can't be, like a really straightforward plot stretched out over a very long book or over a series of books is going to sort of lose its structural integrity and that's where it comes in handy having these subplots kind of braid over each other right so that steps in the arc are almost like little arcs little little mini arcs bouncing you, listen, you're really missing
0: out on this hand on, on the, on this, the this hand is, this, motions this, yeah it's this. like
1: dolphins <laughs> jumping <up> away <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's true uh
2: Aaron M. Evans is objectively breathtakingly beautiful. We all know this, but I must You're admit very sweet. adding in, adding in the hand choreography really did. The, the, the it, dolphins. It doesn't hit when you do it, Trevor. It I doesn't know. hit when you I do it. I look more like a cat. Like, I, I don't know say, what you, I'm you doing, you look doing here. Like a swimming the cat.
1: characters making yeah. their moves. I don't know. I'm, I'm
2: still just batting <laughs> at some <laughs> keys. You, you, I mean, also, um, those subplots can can also be pretty significant though Mm -hmm. like you look in the lord of the rings i mean the stories about frodo goes to mount doom and throws the ring in the volcano yeah right everything else is a subplot but a lot of important stuff happens at helms deep in gondor and literally every scene with legolas in it and
1: you
3: know Because,
1: because really if that story was just the hobbit has a ring takes the ring to the volcano chucks in the volcano there's not enough meat on that bone Right. Like you need more to support that story and to flesh out that world because it isn't a it's a small act that's indicative of a much bigger thing. So that kind of like epic storytelling where you are telling multiple stories that sort of fold into each other to create that bigger thing so that you have what might, if you describe it, sound like, you know, you might say, oh, Lord of the Rings is about uh, this epic battle between armies for the soul of Middle Earth. And that is a very like vague kind of sounded story. Like who does the what now? Um, it's these smaller stories fit together.
2: Well, especially when you, at the end of the day, the story is about individuals can make a difference in the face of overwhelming evil and villainy. And when you see that in the context of Tolkien being a survivor, a World War II veteran who fought in the Somme, it -hmm. all hits different, you Mm -hmm. know, when, when he's like, "There's still good in the world and it's worth fighting for. Uh, or, you know, I, I wish this had not happened in our time. And it's like, well, everybody feels that way. You, you don't have that choice. That's not Gandalf talking to Frodo. That's Tolkien talking to all of
0: us. Yeah. You know,
2: it's like, I seen things, man, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you you just got to keep fighting.
0: So with that in mind, how do you go about outlining like when you're outlining the, the story and everything, how do you go about adding in the subplots? And like, are there ever, is there ever a point where you're like, there's too many?
1: Yeah. So uh, something that I was told early on by an editor was anytime you have a point of view, ideally that point of view has an arc. Um, that character has a goal that they're trying to achieve. Um, and they will need to move through that, uh, that story. Mm-hmm. Um, part of this is sometimes fantasy authors have too many points of view. Yep. Uh, so cut it down. What? But Whoa. I know, I, know. I know, I know, I know. It's the shocker. I'll give you all a minute.
0: At first, I thought B. Dave was doing a like a Tim Allen. <gasps>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not, not
0: that.
1: I mean, it was, it was, it was an all
0: purpose grunt. <laughs>
1: So it is a little bit like anytime you have a character and you're like, I need the audience, I need the readership to see this character's inner workings. um, You are sort of creating a subplot. Why are they here? What are they going to do? Um, And they all need to kind of point along this bigger story. Um, one question that I think is important to ask yourself is, do they all pretty much point along that same direction? Because if you have someone who can only interact with this plot by taking a hard right over here and doing something like off to this side, it is going to be really hard to bend that back into the story and make it feel cohesive and like it's mm-hmm. part of something. So that to me is the first big like red flag that you have a subplot you don't need. Like mm-hmm. either that character's story, the thing you think is that character's story needs to change um or they don't need a point of view or maybe Mm. they don't even belong in this book you need a book that's going this way and they can be part of that yeah i think very directionally and spatially about my stories i don't know what to tell you guys (laughs) if this is news to you hey it works tell you either
2: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it, it i also think there is a time when subplots can be used to add depth and richness to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And and especially if you're telling a longer story or. A more sweeping epic Mm -hmm. where where, you know, needing you to know this is what day to day life is for these people is important.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: again, to continue the parallel, I mean, if if the lord of the rings was just sam and frodo go to mordor i mean they'd have passed through gondor and you've been like oh this is a war torn hellscape with a shitty ruler <laughs> oh, yeah. <well>. you know you <laughs> know
1: yeah not sticking around here yeah
2: mhm exactly thanks falamir i'm
1: out yeah <laughs>
2: so, um, you know sometimes when you want to shine that light a little further and wider because if you have main characters with any sort of sense of urgency having them be like whoa 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 whoa, hold on you know we, we we got time here um avatar the last airbender did a pretty good job of this where they were like we got all summer to do this and you know let's stop and we're gonna shop and we're gonna eat some fire flakes and we're gonna ride some penguins and like we're gonna a <laughs> grand old time and then roku is like bro you got like a week and a half you're like what <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was they they kind of um you got a little bit of a double dose except the the main ways they exposed those cultures was when they went to a new place, they pick up a new person. So Toph is a stand-in for the entire Earth Kingdom and also the best possible stand-in for any culture anywhere ever, you know. Top is the best. She's my favorite character. She, she is. She it, it was necessarily stated. It was neck and neck between Azula and Toph to the very last episode, but Azula falls apart at the one yard line and (laughs) Toph stays true to the end. Uh, But, you know, Zuko is the representative of the essence of the Fire Nation, especially the juxtaposition between him and Azula. So. Ang, who's like, I have to the end of the summer to save the whole world. But wait, what's this boss thing say? The kids are on about, you know. Well, what's this about? What your family is expecting you being, you know, a, a a rich little girl that they want to put up on a pedestal. Um, he got to see it that way, and still
0: mm-hmm. kept it pretty tight and linear too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this this to just ask you questions to, to to go there. So, is a subplot only connected to a point of view? Or can it be someone who's not a point of view?
1: Hmm. I want to say sure, but I'm trying to think of a good example.
2: Well, I I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's just how you choose to tell the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they need to be enough a part of the story let you give a damn like to give a more timely answer you know the batman just came out on um oh god I'm so hbo to max today and it's okay i'm not going to spoil anything but it's catwoman is pivotal to the story but you get very little of her point of view you don't get any of her point of view that batman's not a part of i mean that's not me trying to spoil it but i mean even yeah. technically i've only watched it from start to finish the end but catwoman very much comes into the narrative through Batman's lens, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? Like there's not really 15 minutes of the movie where we go do something with Selena and then Selena comes back to Batman, you know? Um, So something like that. Yeah, I
1: think you can, I think that there's a, there's a peril here where you, if you're telling a story about someone and they're not the point of view character, you, of course, I'm talking about novels here, Mm -hmm. that you're missing out on, you don't get their sort of emotional headspace, you get someone's interpretation of their emotions. So that's one piece. So then you're kind of telling a story about the person watching them and and how they interpret it. And then the other piece that, but, but I mean, that could still work, right? They could still be very astute and you see lots of things. There's, I mean, like, but well, we dick, you know, you don't get to know what Captain Ahab's thinking. You get to watch Ishmael think about what he's thinking, right?
2: So oh, you know what Ahab's thinking. I mean, yeah. He's not hey subtle. No. He's not subtle. Right? Murder. To the <laughs> end, I grapple with thee. <laughs> See,
1: but there's... Yeah. You could read it like he's he's really uh, projecting a very no, I mean I don't know. Um,
2: <laughs> For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Like so, no
0: he, I just so now yeah. realize so I yeah. need a remake of Moby Dick, but done in the style of our flag means death. But that's another story.
1: <laughs> I'm so yeah, okay. So there are examples of doing this. And I would say these are the perils, right? That you you need that character to come across clearly. Um, And the narrator, the person who has the point of view really has to be able to read them, interpret them Mm -hmm. in the way that you want. And there can be a question in there of like, you know, uh, boy, I'm blanking on the, who's the narrator of Great Gatsby?
0: Oh, uh, that guy. Nick. Nick. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so
1: there could be a question in here of like, how much is Nick projecting onto Gatsby, right? But the story doesn't Mm. break better than that, right?
2: Not, Not everybody had the same privileges though, yo
1: okay so other thing like they if they're going off like one of my one of the things one thing that makes me crazy is books where there's a purportedly a mystery but nobody actually gives a shit about solving the mystery oh my god it drives me up the wall usually usually because the author is really good at writing romance and wants to write about sex and that's fine but please tell me up front that's what i'm getting because i bought this for a mystery and frequently that the person who is not the point of view, the sexy person will go off and work on the mystery and then come back and be like, I don't know what's going on. I found these clues, Ugh. do you want to hook up? Okay, cool. However, I want to know what's happening when you're gone. Very interested in that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be another thing is like, like that's almost like the plot is actually in another point of view, another, a non-point of view character's hands. And that's different. So I'm still working around to this problem. Sure you can um, make sure that it it's not like, yeah. I feel like if you give a side character a story and you're kind of just like making them show up and say, I did something interesting while you weren't here. Um, then, That's cheating. Yeah, it's not gonna hit very, I mean, I don't know. You can make most things work. So part of me loath to say it's not gonna work, but it feels mm, like it, it's, it's gonna be distracting and annoying. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's not that it's not gonna work. It'll just be unfulfilling. Yeah. you know what i mean if it's like oh you caught me here's my 10 page long you know monologuing confession type thing it's like no i, I want to work like a little harder than like like a little romance a little bit you know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> It's uh <laughs> i i just remember and this this is a this is a, a an example that very much is dating me um age-wise not romantically although what's up shoot your shot <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be sure I, to send yeah. a DM after the show. <laughs>
3: um
2: you know, Optimus Prime got killed in Transformers the movie this which not how I in saw 1986, this which traumatized an entire generation. It did. And in G.I. Joe the movie that same summer, Duke was supposed to die too. And this was just this That's was just right. for for just to launch the new toy lines. So in G.I. Joe the movie, Serpentor throws a snake at Duke, which slow motion bites into his heart. Blood goes everywhere. And he hits the ground. And the children of America, nay, the world in unison were like, what the ever living fuck was that after Transformers, (laughs) that Hasbro had to call an emergency audible. So Duke gets laid out all the G.I. Joe, the movie goes on literally at the end when they're celebrating. From off screen because there's no time to animate it. Lady J says, "Duke, uh, um, Doc just called. Duke's gonna make it!
3: Yay!" They literally
2: had to bolt that on at the very end. Yeah. So I mean, there, I guess there's an example where it super works was that? Because the alternative yeah. was unbearable. Yeah. I totally
0: yeah. forgot about that, too. I, I just had that memory playing, but I don't forget the, just the whole scene. Took's going to make it. I
2: just appreciate that we all just bought it, too. We were like, hooray! he's going to make
1: it. Oh, Cobra, la, 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 la. Oh, oh, I have a tangent, but it's, it's too far. I feel like No, I'll no, try. no, come on, come after. on. I mean, no, if not, not now, we
2: nope you know what no no you give me this tangent Aaron M. (laughs) evans
1: so i had never heard the phrase call an audible until i was like 34.
0: i'm not gonna lie i don't really know what that means
1: oh really okay i feel a little better it's it's football it's a sports ball oh that's
2: why i don't know it yeah you change you change the play unannounced um yeah
1: i met up with my sister for like brunch and we sat down and i got a text from I must have been for my husband. I was. I made a face or something, and the waiter came up and was like, "Can I get you? Can't get you anything to drink." And at the same time, she saw my face. She says, "Do we need to call an audible?" And I just froze, like my brain short circuited. I was like, I fell through a wormhole. I'm gonna look out the window, and the buses are gonna be centipedes or something. What are the words you just strung together? And she's like, "Call an audible." I'm like, "Stop saying." (laughs) What the. that mean? She's like, how do you not know this phrase? It means you make a change of plans, and, and, like, on the spot. And mm-hmm. I look up the waiter, I'm like, do you know this? Have you ever heard this? And he's like, I'm gonna come back later. <laughs> he's like, yes? <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? How yeah. is this a whole phrase that I've never in my life I, heard? I've yeah, not the, heard it. But- the, the,
2: the, the idea is the coach calls the play, you line up and you see what the opposing team does and you realize in that moment we have to do something else. And you say it right then, do this other thing instead and mm-hmm. everything changes. That's calling an audible.
1: Well. Now you know, it's actually a really useful phrase, but- It's I super know. common.
2: I, I barely, it's fully. Parallel mm-hmm.
1: Universe Mandela Effect moment where I was just like, oh, shit, this is
2: what <laughs> were happened. Like, Busses centipedes.
0: <laughs> I, do, I do appreciate that you and I have a similar uh, reaction when we hear <laughs> things we don't know and people just say it again, because my go-to is, you keep saying this like it makes sense.
3: <laughs>
0: what do those words even mean? Yep. yep. Okay. So, well, see, now I learned something, so I'm glad we had the tangent. Um, to- today in sports ball. <laughs> so... So I, I, my, my next question is, is, is directed towards, towards B Dave more on this. Cause you've said mm. it before you said before a lot of times a story leaps out of your head fully formed. Yep. Does that include subplots?
2: So when I say a story leaps out of my head fully formed, I'm, I'm, I'm going through this right now. Right. Uh, let me be very vague. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm dealing with a major, 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 major brand that theoretically wants a single story that that weaves together completely disconnected properties that they all happen to own. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, My thing was, I was like, and I'm gonna say just enough of this, that if it happens, you'll know that I was thinking about it all the way back then. (laughs) I legit was like, dope. The goddess Nike, who's the Greek goddess of victory and nemesis, who is the Greek goddess of retribution are scouring time and space looking for heroes and villains. Done. You know what I mean? I'm like, there you go. I got you. Okay. You know? And that's why it'll make sense that this and this and this and this happens. Now, that's what I mean when I say the story fully formed. Okay. Mm. You know?
0: Um, okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah, when you said it, I was just like, this dude's got fucking dialogue and shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's got twists. Just. <laughs> well,
2: yes, because the the Remember I told you, or I've said before, dear friends, when I write, I see it play out like a movie and I describe what I'm seeing. Yeah. So my dialogue to me, I hear them talking. Okay. So I, I, I know who they are. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So to me doing the same thing, I would be like, all right, Nikkei and Nemesis are squaring off on each other. I know what Nikkei's like, Nikkei says, and then it just, you know, yeah. then it just.
0: <laughs> so, so at one point, at what point do the subplots come into that?
2: By necessity. Mm. Um, for instance, um, with Electropunk, the first three characters that existed were Tesla and the two twins, Ruthie and Chuck. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, they have to have someone teach them how to fight. That was the birth of the colonel. Like, I mean, how did they learn how to fight? Tesla can't. Well, I mean, I guess he knew bar jitsu technically. Um, But uh, wait, that wasn't real. That was the thing I made up about him. Never mind. I was like, so somebody had to teach him how to fight. That's the Colonel. Okay, why is this man so dedicated that he would teach these kids to fight? There's a backstory with him and Tesla. You know what I mean? Like it was necessity gave birth to them. That I had to be like, well, this is what Tesla did for him, that now he's, you know, his his Alfred, basically. Um and things like that. So, uh, you know, why are they after this monster? Well, this is why they're after this monster. Who did it affect? Well, it affected these people, you know, like each one of them is load bearing, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. it's a load bearing episode.
2: It's a load bearing, (laughs) uh, jest. yes. (laughs) Um, I don't think I've ever been like, I put in the subplot of the talking dog just because I wanted a talking dog. Like I, I try not to be that dude, and I find it infuriating when people do that because you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I feel yeah. like
1: if you really want something, you got to work it into the the sort of like connective tissue of the story. Mm-hmm.
3: Right?
1: And I
2: think that that's what "Kill Your Darlings" means. Yeah. When you're mm-hmm. like, I want to do this because it's dope. And it's like, well, it doesn't make any sense, though.
1: That's the thing. Like, you got to make that call. Like, okay. So, Brimstone Angels, for example, uh, very loosely started life based on a character that I played in a D&D game. Yep. And that character Wait, wait, wait. Was... Which of
2: the twins was first? Which of the twins was first?
1: Rita. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, Susan. So, Susan and I played Tiefling Twins. Um, what? and yeah, so Farida and Tamura, um, and they were not the same. Farida was very snarky, uh, and she was a fey packed warlock. Whoa. Tamura was similar in the, she was a rogue and she had a goal to kill one of every monster cause she did <laughs> that rogue damage. Um, <laughs> so like, and so we were like, we'd always bicker with each other and we, it was, they were very different. Um, but when I, but one thing we, we had agreed on, because we were kind of toying with Dragonborn, instead we decided we'd be raised by a village of Dragonborn, that that was part of the deal. Um, and so when I sat down to pitch Brimstone Angels, um, I kept some of the details of Frida, right? She's a Tiefling, she's a Warlock, she's a twin. She's adopted. Um, and I really liked the detail of she's raised by Dragonborn, yeah. because I thought it was an important aspect of like Tiefling. In, in fourth edition, Tieflings are I mean, anyway, tieflings are like a a thing that pops up wherever. And so you are culturally like whatever you were raised to be, right? Yeah. Um, And so I'm like, okay. I can't just be like, and they're dragonborn because I think that's cool. Like this has to be baked into the story. And so it became one dragonborn and then he got a point of view and he got his whole, whole story arc. Now he's Mahan and he gets to be an idol champions. And that's so great.
2: <laughs> and he gets to be
1: portrayed by B. Dave Walters. The B. B. Dave Walters. I know that's y'all jealous.
2: <laughs> happy I could do that. Cause I, I'm telling you again, when uh, you know I have struggles and stuff and <laughs> I was so nervous doing that because I knew Aaron's innate lack of a poker face would tell me immediately if I'd done it right or not. Like immediately. (laughs) So... you did glad glad i passed the audition uh important thing here is i've shared with you all before a and wish started as world of warcraft fan fiction a six book series began as DD characters uh fan fiction and and fan service pays off y'all i'm just saying but i
1: think that kill your darlings thing is important is like really sit down and there are parts of that like this story doesn't work as well if Farida keeps being snarky. This story doesn't work as well yeah. if she has a pact with this powerful archfey. It's better to have her tied to the devils because that's a whole big thing for tieflings. Yeah, The rest of this party, The rest of the people in our party had no purpose in this story because they have their own stories and fitting them in would be it would be it would be extraneous subplots. It would make the story very messy. So that all has to go. So when you do that kind of thing, like you do have to be ruthless in a sense for like whatever is fun or whatever you have good feelings about. Like you really have to hone it to the story. Yeah. No talking dogs. Unless you justify (laughs) the talking dogs.
2: It's true, unless the, you know, it's Scooby-Doo and the show's about the talking dog or, you, you know, mean, yeah. Talking right. dog work. Exactly. Don't ask me how they pulled off Brian Griffin because, I mean, they just felt like it. <laughs> um, I, you I just will do like say- an
1: Adventure Time and be like, fucking everything goes here. That's what
2: that's why. Yeah, Uh, I will say uh, again, with a darkened wish, as I've shared with you in the past, I had to fight to keep the character of Aiden in the story. Uh, IDW wanted to cut him, especially because he doesn't do much in the early episodes, especially because he's not there with them when they're older. And I was like, I'm telling you it's important. I'm telling you it's important. I'm telling I had to fight them every step of the way. And then when his purpose of the story is revealed, you're like, oh, of course we couldn't have done without that. And I'm all like, ah, hey, <laughs> ah, <hey." laughs> but that kind of thing doesn't come with fucking pantsing. Yeah. You can't be oh. like three fifths of the way through this story. This is going to pay off. I'm telling you. Or like what with Black Dice Society, the actual play we do, Trevor hears all the time because he is our brilliant, hunky audio podcaster. Do what I can. I set shit in motion over 40 episodes and I'm like remember way back when that thing happened that was this thing the entire time and people are like what
0: yeah they can do it it's true it's true Mm mm-hmm um oh man oh, uh, I, oh. sorry not to uh not no, to I'm interrupt glad you did. because I, I totally forgot my other question go ahead well
3: <laughs>
2: you know even obviously i'm not gonna out anything about aaron's process but you know when we were talking she's like there's this thing i want to do and it doesn't make sense and when we talked i was like all you got to do is foreshadow it sooner and it's like oh yeah uh, that's all i gotta do you're like i really want this dude to be a werewolf i'm like dope and the first five pages mention werewolves and, and, and it's and it's done it wasn't quite that but you know what
1: no, i mean i was very confused for a second i'm like i've literally Ooh. never in my life read about werewolves.
0: <laughs> the, there's still time <laughs> the next question i had was uh for aaron so when yeah. you're you're doing your outlining process. Uh, how do you go about inserting the subplots? Is it similar to what b Dave was saying, where it just comes out of necessity?
1: Yes. My outline is already going to make b Dave make faces. Because I... (laughs) Yeah, just like that. My outlines are basically, like, a really, really shitty fast draft uh, with... Like, I don't do, like, hear the bullet points. Uh, I, I work through it, and I... Yeah, kind of, like... Yeah, it'll be things like maybe something like this happens, or maybe it's like this. No, 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 no. It's this one, um and so it'll be that sort of realization of I need this, I need this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry I'm okay just with have this. This, no. have this. conversation. You, 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 you.
2: No, you've you've <laughs> said nothing um okay. uh, unladylike so far. <laughs> I I, I, I respect your process, and more importantly, can't argue with the results.
1: It is a stream of consciousness kind of thing. So you feel out, like, why is this person here, and what do they need to be doing? Um, Hey, I haven't brought this up, so earlier bring this up. Um, In that process, it still changes when you sit down and actually write the story. Like, when the rubber meets the road, some things are incorrect I my favorite example is I had to for adversary the adversary I think I turned in my first draft when it was like two-thirds done and I was like listen Lorkin is not working this is he is all wrong in this I'm gonna go back to the beginning and I'm gonna do him like this. Uh, he was being way too accommodating. He really needed to be having a little tantrum about his feelings and realize, and and then at a point realize, oh shit, this was never all about me. And then he could be heroic a little bit. But but mm-hmm. if he doesn't do that first, then he's just like being kind of like
0: not Lorkin-y. vaguely
1: heroic the whole time. Or like kind of there, and that's no good.
3: Mm-hmm. So
1: shitty tantrum Lorcan, much better for the uh, mildly noble in turn that happens. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, like I did not realize that was happening until it got to the point where I was like, I cannot make you do the things you need to do. They don't make sense anymore. Uh, and then I had to go back and fix it. Cause again, it's like, you didn't see where it was sliding off the rails. And it's much better for the fact that I did that. Yes, it would probably be very efficient if I was the kind of person that knew right off the bat how the character was going to behave and I just did that thing. But I think that I like the way my characters end up working. Uh, so it it is you know functional for me and I don't mind doing that kind of write a lot of extra words drafting, so. If it bugged you, you should not follow my lead.
2: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that, but that's a valid process. And I also think, again, as these characters reveal themselves, they can and should be able to surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who they thought, who you thought they were when they lived in your head is going to be different than when they're out on the page. And that's all yes. right. I mean, the 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 outline is a map, but the map is not the territory. Mm-hmm. Like, you should never feel ever then when you get to the end you're like well i'd plan brand to be king but that's super fucking stupid now so maybe i should do not that you're like well but that was the outline (laughs) 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 yeah
1: never go oh the outline
0: yeah never
1: don't want to disappoint past me yeah this long
0: yeah this is just like sorry you know the boss man Mm, what can i say (laughs) Um, I I, I think I think the last question I've got here uh, is going off of what you were saying there, Aaron, with, you know, essentially getting to a certain point in revisions or actually you're saying you're writing it as you were writing it. But like Mm -hmm. when you're doing revisions and you're like, this subplot doesn't work. Mm -hmm. What like. Is it is it good to just rip it out or is it like just work on it? Cut it out. Cut it out. I think
1: often cut it out is the right call. Uh, I have a t- I have a tendency to, well, I don't know. I feel like I write long and then my editors are like, yeah, you forgot some stuff. You got to add more. <laughs> that is not the right way to be. Um, but I think a lot of the time, like the, I've definitely had sort of, man, there's this character that I love in the Brimstone Angels saga, Viscaris Samikyle. Viscaris is like super spy Harper. Wine merchant you, you, by day, James Bondian Tarami half elf by night. Yep. I genuinely wanted Vescaris to have a point of view for the, like the last four books, and every time I'm like, God damn it, he's just like he's going off to the right. So that was my goal. If I got to write more Brimstone Angels, was to have a Vescaris centered book, but I didn't. So, woop I'll just put him in another book, change his name.
0: There you go. His
1: name I, is Vescaris now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, again, talking back to what we did about fan fiction and everything. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from doing exactly that. You'd be surprised how often I give that <laughs> advice to people. They were like, how do I get the rights to this thing? I'm like, you won't change you won't. it 20% and do what you want to do anyway.
0: Yeah. Yes. You know? Yep. Um, I did, I did realize that there, there was, there was one other one there. Well, so yeah,
1: <laughs> he's in, he's like loosely in dungeon Scrawlers. <laughs> What? I made him. I made, he's I, he got oh. added to Dungeon Scrollers loosely because I made Cecilia know him, and then Artemisia started like fake writing him letters because she's secretly in love with him. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we'll need somebody to come on and, and play Vescaris.
0: So. <laughs> 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 um, the so so kind of a a, a sub question that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so when you're getting to that point though of doing the revisions and whatnot, how? Is there, ever, is there ever a point where you're like, I have too many subplots here. And if that happens, how do you choose what to get rid of? I I think
2: I think you got two choices. And one of it depends on, you know, what what's the scope of this narrative? I mean, again, are you intending to write a 10 book saga? Um, which I don't necessarily know that that's the move, but nobody could stop you, you know, as long as you fucking finish it. Um, <laughs>
0: You Not directed also, it at anyone. Not directed at anyone.
2: I mean, I would be, but that person's dead to me. So <laughs> what can they? What can they do about it now? They, they no Get longer walk the Bishi earth. Port. Um, I think there's a world similar to what we were talking about, the Lord of the Rings, where you can introduce a global subplot that you don't necessarily resolve. I mean, you can't introduce a murder mystery whodunit and then be like well it's time for us to head to the next city hope you catch the murderer you know you can't do that oh my
1: god oh my god this book doesn't want to exist and i don't exist and i want to throw it against the wall
2: (laughs) but but what i mean is like you know if if we're um you know the orcs and the elves are not getting along and you come into a conflict kind of a Solomon's baby type thing where you're like in this one unique instance, I've helped you guys solve a problem. I hope you figure the rest of it out, Yeah. but we gotta go.
3: Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I
2: mean? You can do something like that in a way that, that, uh, you're not necessarily on the hook to resolve every single thing. As long as you make it clear that these are nods to just the world. Mm-hmm. I think the more specific you get, the more required you are to finish it though.
0: Yeah. The, the especially, um, when, what we've talked about in the past of like the first book was serious potential, like mm-hmm. that serious potential shouldn't be an unresolved subplot. <laughs>
1: you can yeah. sort of like if uh, like but would you say
0: like if you half resolve it okay I mean to, so, to, um,
1: to get, well
2: hang on let me let me just build on my one yep. metaphor there yep. for a second you solve the murder in the in you solve the murder yeah but Mm -hmm. the murder weapon was this really exotic poison from across the ocean. How'd they even get this here? Done, done, done. You
1: land it and then you have a sort of suggestion of like the trajectory. Uh, Empire of Exile is similarly like stuff gets resolved. We figure out what's going on. We deal with the problem. However, there's a lingering question. The lingering question is answered, but the implications of the lingering question are what the fuck? And yeah, I, granted, I sold it as a series, so you know you're going to get the answer to what the fuck?
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but, you know, that's the kind of thing you can do. You have to resolve it. You can't believe a cliffhanger. Like, yep. but will they catch the murderer? <gasps> no, they need to catch the murderer. Otherwise, this is deeply unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never tricked anybody into buying. I mean, like, you really have to have some trust built up to trick someone into buying the next book with a cliffhanger like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but uh the the what was the question too many subplot cutting subplots? yeah I,
0: I, I, well it's well, funny as i B-Day asked a, had something else i think i had a I mean, question I, about the the cutting the subplot thing but in my head i was like oh i should have asked the thing about unresolved subplots and then b Dave <laughs> answered it which was really weird and uncanny and i kind of loved it
2: first of all i got you um but but also you never go wrong with yes we've solved the problem of this book but that means yes done yeah. done done and I,
1: and I would argue that's not the same like some people will say oh that's a cliffhanger I'm like that's not a cliffhanger
3: yeah right yeah. that's
1: a like 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 leaving that sort of little unresolved bit to spring into the to cause the momentum to carry like you are not going to feel unsatisfied yeah like yeah. it isn't the it isn't like the season finale like to be continued yeah where you're like yeah what's going to happen? You know, it's going to happen, but now you have this little launch into, Oh no, now what? Yeah. Right. That's okay. That's not a cliffhanger. You shouldn't feel like shame about it. That's, that's right. a good move. Yeah. Um. And this sort of the size of that can change depending on whether there's definitely a next book.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, the, for the unri- for the cutting subplots i feel like you know when you look or or if you have the other people reading for you they will help tell you mm-hmm. like when the subplot either veers too far away from the story right like there is world building you can do but if we just go to this town over here so you can see the cool world building i did of this town that's like they're like cowboys but they ride giant snakes and and they speak this language that i invented and isn't it cool and then we'll go back to the main thing like this is probably not necessary mm-hmm. um if we go to the giant snakes Cowboys, and we learn something about how to defeat the Jujubara once and for all. Who we have done something. My old enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Or you know, if it's like we go, we go visit Yoda, and we learn how to be a Jedi, sort of like. That's a thing where we did. There's more to this than just look at the cool world building. Well, the
0: thing is that literally does what you were talking about. He went, he was like, go find Yoda. He went and found Yoda. He trained with Yoda. He was like, hey, don't go save your friends. And he's just like, screw you. I'm gonna go save my friends. And then as he's leaving, we get that little extra part. No, there is another. There is another. That boy is our last hope. No, there there is is another. It's so good.
2: (laughs) That's, uh... Yeah. Also, I mean, to to consider the, you know, the snake riding cowboys analogy, which is just objectively incredible. (laughs) If you're like, I really got an idea for snake riding cowboys and I don't know what to do. Have someone mention it in the tavern. Have Mm -hmm. one in the bestiary. Have the skin of one hanging on a wall somewhere. You know what I mean? That you're like, the Mm -hmm. hell is that? You're like, they're big enough to ride in the lands to the east anyway. You know what I mean? And now you've done that. That's like that's many boffins died getting us these Death Star <laughs> plans. It was thirty right. years before we knew what a boffin was.
3: <laughs> I sure.
1: Really love it. Yeah, exactly. Keep it in your pocket. Maybe the next book is the saga of the giant snake riding cowboys. <laughs> I think if you have Fighting a subplot, bars. if you have a subplot and it goes too far away from the story, and the other the other thing that's telling is if you have a subplot and from the beginning of it to the end, nothing really changes right i have to go visit my grandmother to bring her the lasagna that i made and i go visit my grandmother and i give her the lasagna and then i leave and you don't learn something new about me from my relationship with my grandmother i don't discover something from my re- visiting my grandmother it doesn't matter nobody sees me visit my grandmother and then know where she lives so they can like threaten me with it like if yeah. nothing changes about the trajectory of the plot for me going to take the lasagna to my grandmother, then that you don't need that. Like, if yeah. I could take it out and it doesn't matter, this isn't the place for it. And yeah. that's another sign you should probably cut it. And if your readers get really confused, is the other one, if they can't track it, mm-hmm. you are going to have to sit down and figure out which of these is actually necessary. And that might even get up into, you might have too many points of view for this story. Um, but that's a bigger problem. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not the... Like, probably it's going to be one of the other things, but...
0: That's fair. Well, we are getting, uh, towards the end of this episode, uh, any last thoughts on subplots? Nope, we finished that plot thread.
1: I (laughs) love a good romantic subplot.
2: Let
0: me get a good
1: (laughs) one. Don't do it at the expense of the mystery.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'd I'd try try to give it something, you know what I mean? Um... You know, don't I feel like anytime you're like, I'm going to do this thing because this is the thing that is supposed to happen. Um, I don't like it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Record of Lotos War, one of the greatest animes ever made. You had uh Parn and Deedlet that had their subplot, but you also had Ashram and Pirates, which were two very different views of love between a human and an elf. I thought that was dope. Um, it's deep cut. If you got that one, make sure you say it in the comments.
3: <laughs> yeah
0: uh all right well i uh i think that's a good place to wrap up this episode friends where can people find you what awesome things you're working on
1: you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M Evans. You can join me with these guys every Wednesday at eleven AM Pacific on twitch.tv slash Games for Champions of Lore, where we talk about the lore behind idle champions of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, you can join me on twitch.tv slash dungeonscrawlers every Monday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific for concentration check, a co-writing space. And then again at six thirty p.m. Pacific for Dungeon Scrawlers, an actual play with a bunch of fantasy writers. Yeah. Also, pre-order my book, Empire of Exiles. I'm gonna yes. get better at telling people that
0: you you will but you, you got in there. there pre-order the book <laughs> go do it
2: pre-order i mean you know it's because all of us have already pre-ordered
0: that's you know what i'm gonna do i'm, I'm gonna put, it. i'm gonna put the pre-order link now in all of the descriptions
1: I you, that's <laughs> smart yeah. i wish it that. <laughs>
0: i'm gonna do that i'm gonna write note oh.
2: i mean uh bd walters i say words about things you can see me this thursday at 9am for D direct and then some other stuff but you know that's that's leading the league right now
0: uh you can find me on trevor at uh, on trevor i you can f- i that that cut water I mean, it's so cut. truly literally, also. Uh, you can find me on twitter at the trevor there is an a hiding in there um yeah that's gonna wrap it up for uh, this week's episode uh thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode the best way to support is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice remember spotify you can review now so do that five stars only works don't do anything else it's true um, yep it's weird it's weird. It's really weird. So I don't know why they put that option in there when it doesn't work. Um, uh, if you would like to send in your own uh, questions, topic suggestions, or anything else you want to talk to us about, you can send that into writingaboutdragonsandshit at gmail.com. And you can keep up to date on the show on Twitter at aboutdragons. But until next week, go write about some dragons and shit. <laughs>